Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Hello and welcome to this episode of the 5Ws Podcast. In this episode, we're going to start looking at the Disney Plus Lucasfilm series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. My name is Maka, and I'm here with... AJ! So let's get started. Who? Ewan McGregor playing Ben Kenobi is the star of this show, even though he's he, they, the show is called Obi-Wan Kenobi, but he calls himself Ben Kenobi. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> what? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Word. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Set on Tatooine and lots of other places. Tatooine, Star Wars. Who would have thought? Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> when? Set 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Why? This show has been in development for over 10 years. Um, it was originally going to be a movie and just fans wanted to see you in back in the role. Well, before it came out, and now it's a bit different. Start recap. So this is episode one of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ten years after Order 66, when most of the Jedi Order were killed, the Grand Inquisitor, fifth brother and third sister find a surviving Jedi, Nari, on Tatooine. And the only thing that annoyed me was that the voice for fifth brother, they, they put on a sort of artificial tone on top of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it sounds slightly mechanical, but it's fucking inconsistent. It, sometimes you can really hear it and sometimes you can't hear it at all. It's like, get it right. But anyway, yeah. River grows impatient and attempts to kill him, forcing the Grand Inquisitor to stop her and allowing Nari to escape. Some of the action in this little bit at the start here is a bit like, yeah, whatever. This is, this is the opening action sequence of the series. And it made it, it just looked a bit farcical to me. The Grand Inquisitor expresses his disapproval for Reva's recklessness and obsession with finding another surviving Jedi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, who, unbeknownst to them, is also on Tatooine. I liked the conflict set up between the Sith, I guess you call them acolytes here, all ultimately vying for favour with the likes of Vader and the Emperor. But what about this rule of two? <laughs> No, there's only two. There's only two, Sith. Only one, only, only two. No more and no less. Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> under, under the alias Ben, Kenobi works at a meat factory and watches over young Luke Skywalker, the son of his former apprentice turned enemy, Anakin Skywalker. He is haunted by memories of his past and is unable to communicate with his former master, Qui-Gon Jinn, through the Force. Kenobi refuses to help Nari and later sees his corpse hanging in town. The bit with the scene with Kenobi and Nari gave me the shit. <laughs> I really didn't <laughs> like it. For even for Kenobi, it was really, really cold. I, I just I, I know Kenobi's got his self-appointed mission to look after Luke, but mm. just, just the way he essentially told Nari to F off get away from me. Don't have anything to do with me. Forget it. It's, uh, you know, and, and look, I, I know, I, I know they're doing things different in these series. I don't mind that and all that sort of thing, but this to me, just, yeah, it was just really, really, really freaking cold. And, and especially when spoilers later on in the series, we encounter other people actually trying to help former Jedi and that sort of stuff. And it's like, well, why wasn't Obi-Wan or God forbid, even Yoda doing that sort of art? 
on Alderaan, Anakin's daughter Leia, who was adopted by Kenobi's acquaintance, Senator Bail Organa, is kidnapped by Vec Nukto... Oh. Vec No Cruise Gang? Fleet Fleet's mates. A group of bounty hunters hired by Reva to lure Kenobi. What I got you got to give it to your mama. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to me... Um, this was the most impressive bit of the episode. It was really jaw-dropping, mainly because they managed to cast a young version of Leah, <laughs> shoot all of this stuff with her for the series, and somehow word mm. did not get out. Fuck me. That is just amazing. It's, you, know, you know, with all of these hundreds of people involved in the show, dozens of people on set every day, all this sort of stuff, and not one person... Not one person went running to the media. I'd heard some fan speculation that she could be in the show, but that was just speculation. Nobody, nobody, nobody knew about it. You know what no, I mean? No. There, was, there was nothing the, in the Lucas trailers. Lucas doing this really well, I think. Yeah, there, hiding Luke, hiding Grogu, hiding you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, an amazing uh, accomplishment in this day and age, and you realise what a big deal it was in later episodes. So yeah, Organa contacts Kenobi and pleads with him to help rescue Leia. Kenobi refuses at first, but relents after Agena personally meets with him. And recap. This episode kind of ended abruptly. The way when it was released, they released it um, with episode two. Personally, I I think what they probably should have done is actually merged the episodes together into one single episode, one one extra long episode, because I, I think episode two is okay, but I think episode one isn't quite strong enough to stand on its own. You know what I mean? I, I think it just needed that little bit of extra oomph, which by you know, joining it with ex- episode two would have given it. We did have the surprise of Leah appearing. We did have su- su- surprise at her being grabbed by a red hot chili pepper and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But um, what do you think? Yeah, uh, I kind of agree. But but I think it is pretty much setting up, you know, what, what's Obi been doing um, for 10 years on Tatooine? I get, you know, obviously keeping an eye on Luke and yeah, just sort of setting up how he, I guess he's, not what to say, not being a Jedi anymore, just trying to, to blend yeah, in, trying yeah. to just fit in with you know with the other punters of Tatooine. Um, and, well, uh, I, I can understand him doing that. It's also it's like if he's going to protect Luke, you think he'd have to be a Jedi to protect Luke. True. Yeah. No, I agree with. I, I mean, I, yeah, that, that's, a, that was sort of the odd thing. But yeah, maybe maybe he was thinking the Inquisitors could um, you know see force sensitive um well, beings out there maybe well, trying not using the force puts him more under the radar i mean possibly yeah and that's but, why he's telling navi to fuck off <laughs> like leave me yeah, alone yeah i can understand <laughs> that but but that kind of falls flat on his face when they obviously don't pick up on luke being around and for some reason later yeah, on as see, when they're face to face with leah and they don't yes. pick up on the fact <laughs> and it's like yeah yeah and you know if, if she was just a regular force user sure but she's the daughter of freaking anakin sky or whatever look there are holes and and this this to me is the problem i'm going to talk more about this later this to me is the problem with disney or anybody dabbling around in this part of the timeline because it's you know 20 years between revenge of the sith and a new hope so everything either side of this this show is really really set in stone so it, it makes it a very sort of difficult difficult playing pool, if you know what I mean. It's 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 yeah. it's an area where where a lot of stuff could go wrong. So what what, what would you give the episode out of five W's, Maka? Oh uh, mate, I, I like I know you you have your faults with it. I I loved it. I'd I'd probably give it a four and a half. I mean, yeah, it just sort of I think I think I, I think our listeners probably know our I guess not 
absolute distaste of the prequels. But seriously, I think the only thing I really, really enjoyed was Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan. I think, I think seeing his story and, and, you know, progressing through those three films, I've always, I think I wanted to see, you know, I, I always, I guess you and I wanted to see you and continue on with this character. I think he, with the, with the oh, amount yeah, of, yeah, yeah, that, that um, is one good thing. Yeah. Yeah. To, to get, you know, the, the Alec Guinness sort of accent and, and mannerisms and all that. I think, you know, I think they were fantastic. And I, yeah, and and I think we've all wanted to know hypothetically, you know, what what did Obi Wan do looking after Luke, and you know, what you know, what 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 happened, and, and now we're sort of getting to see that. I didn't realize. I think I was always sort of heard of movies, but not knowing that like this show has been in production for ten years. Like yeah, I know, no, I know well, they sort of it, kept this under the radar. Work, well, like, uh, you know. No, originally it was going to be one of the um, one of those films like uh, Rogue One. And so oh, it's going to be one of those gotcha. films. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So that that's that explains the pre-production thing. And because has uh, Disney even had had the rights to Lucasfilm stuff or you know Star Wars um, for ten, for 10 years? They, they acquired it in two thousand and fourteen. I, I can't remember. Um, basically, it, I, I think it must have been something that was. Don't forget there there was also stuff that was in the pipeline through Lucas Lucasfilm's planned TV series. Which was supposed oh, to take place yes. after yes. the um, after the uh, prequel trilogy wrapped up, and that that TV need, right. that TV series never saw the light of day. But apparently, they did do a massive amount of writing, a massive amount of development, and we're still seeing some of the products of that of that work. And I think um, certainly with Boba Fett, they reckon that was the case, and and I think mm. with this, that was the case as well. Although the story goes that that a bunch of scripts were initially turned in for this TV series that Disney rejected and actually had rewritten and all that sort of stuff. Ah. We've had a lot of people um, online complaining about the writing in this series. And it's like, you know, and and, but when you look at the writers for this show, it's like it's being written by people who have won Academy Awards for movies and all that sort of stuff. So it's not being written by a bunch of hacks. So um, although I've had some really interesting discussions about that sort of thing. But, but yeah, just such a long-term project. And it was the failure, commercial failure of Sol- Solo, the Solo ah. film, which was, which was the very <laughs> first, very first Star Wars film. I think it might have turned a profit on home media, but it did certainly didn't turn a profit um, in the cinema release. Um, it was that mm. which caused them to stop and rethink their whole um, strategy. And so a lot of stuff that was planned as movies in the future, I think even Boba Fett got turned into TV series as a result. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. So, technically, there's not really much in the pipeline for Star Wars in the cinema, and I'm not going to be surprised if we don't see much for a long time, if ever. Because mm. I, I think this is just more lucrative. No, Tyker's Tyker's is going to be a movie. He's just supposed to be the next yeah. Star Wars movie. They've seen, they're saying even even then, just don't be surprised if it doesn't make it to cinemas and ends up somewhere <laughs> else. I'm, I'm, I won't be surprised. I really won't be surprised because I I think this is a model for them. They they can get a faster turnaround. It's easier to promote. Um, the budgets are, are the same as anything because because everything in these shows look great. They're, you know, the effect mm. is amazing, and and it looks like a movie. You know, on the small screen. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but but it's it's that sort of thing. I I just really think with the even though they haven't said it, I think the um, probable cancellation of the Rogue Squadron film and that sort of thing. That mm. um, I, I, don't, I don't know. They, and they're still mumbling about a Ryan Johnson trilogy, but I don't think that's going to see a light of day ever either so I, I don't know it's interesting so anyway anyway enough about the future star wars we, we talked about that enough what All do you right. give it uh <laughs> look i'll give it a three out of five I, I think it picked up after this episode 
I, I I'm I'm just more of a fan of the whole, you know, let's let's do a first episode and try and punch fans in the head with just how good it is. And and I'm not saying this was bad, but like I say, just that pissy little action sequence in the cafe at the start, and not too much after that. And it's like, yeah, more action needed, guys. It's Star Wars. That that's my opinion. So let, let's let more more killer, less filler. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening, everybody. And um, we'll do a a podcast for episode two very soon. So we'll catch you later. Bye. And recap.